and welcome to Desert Island Risks, a series of podcasts sharing results from our recently published Global Pension Risk Survey. I'm your host, Polly Cripps, and in these podcasts, I'll be casting my guests away to a desert island with a copy of Aon's recently published Global Pension Risk Survey, where they're going to have endless time to think about their defined benefit pension schemes and the latest risks that they face. Today, we're going to be hearing the highlights from the survey, and my guests are Matthew Allerens, Head of Retirement Policy at Aon, and Alistair McIntosh, a partner in our retirement practice and lead of the Global Pension Risk Survey. Hello, Matthew. Uh, hi there, Polly, and hi to all our listeners. And hello also to Alistair. Hi, Polly. So I'm imagining that both of you are sat on a hot beach somewhere with this survey. First, can you tell me a little bit about what Global Pension Risk Survey is? Absolutely, Polly. I've got it right here in front of me. So let me just tell you about the key findings. And clearly, we're talking here about United Kingdom defined benefit pension schemes rather than the rest of the world. But we had 137 respondents to our UK survey. Uh, about 60% of them represented trustees, whether that's professional trustees or other sorts of trustees, with the remainder being a mixture of corporate representatives with responsibility for pensions or pensions managers. So quite a spread. And the, the other aspect of spread of respondents is the size of pension schemes, a really broad range here with 15 percent of respondents having asset sizes of under £100 million and 4% having the other end of the spectrum over £10 billion of asset size. So really provides a broad base of views on the status of UK DB pensions. And whilst today's podcast is about the UK results, it's important to note this is part of a suite of global surveys that are all being released separately, covering the largest DB markets around the world, uh, the United States, Canada, uh, Germany, Netherlands and Switzerland in Europe, as well as Japan in Asia Pacific. Great, thank you. And Matthew, can you tell me a bit more about the main themes that are coming out of the UK survey? Well, two clear messages really, Polly. Uh, The first thing is We last conducted this survey two years ago. It's impossible to think about the last two years without wondering about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. So experience from that was very varied over the last two years. That's theme number one. Theme number two is that as pension schemes are progressing towards their long-term targets, the range of risks that schemes are thinking about and are managing is getting broader and broader and that management process getting deeper and deeper on those risks. Well, I do hope the pandemic is not too prevalent on the island that you're on. Can you expand a little bit on the varied experiences that you've just talked about? Yeah, sure. So first of all, let's think about the COVID-19 impact on scheme sponsors. We asked our respondents in the survey, what had the impact of the pandemic been on sponsors? And as I said, the results very varied. 55% of respondents said that the impact had been negative, either slightly negative or very negative on the scheme sponsor. And at the other end of the spectrum, 19% said it had been positive, either slightly positive or very positive, with leaving about a quarter in the middle where it had been relatively neutral. So that gives you a sense of the spread of impact of the pandemic. 
But then separately, if we look at the impact on pension schemes, what we've done is to look at the tracking of technical provisions funding levels of pension schemes that are on Aon's risk analyzer tool. And we've looked at that over calendar year 2020 and the first half of 2021. And what you see is a very clear detrimental effect on funding levels in April of last year when the economic impact of the pandemic really hit markets. But then since April of last year, a pretty consistent improvement in funding levels all the way up to the end of June 2021, to the extent that about 75% of pension schemes will have overall in that entire 18-month period seen a net positive to their funding level. But that still does leave a minority of schemes where the funding level is worse than it was at the beginning of 2020. So again, a very varied picture. Um, I think the final thing to say on this is that it isn't necessarily the case where there's been a negative impact on the sponsor. The pension scheme is also in a, in a negative position. Actually, uh, there's no not necessarily any correlation between those two. So if you put the two together, impact on sponsor, impact on pension scheme, uh, the overall picture is really varied. And, and so the call out to our listeners is just sort of be aware of your own individual circumstances. They're not necessarily the same uh, as anyone else. Thanks. So I'm, I'm going to take that as a positive that I think you said generally funding levels have improved. So that's good. Alistair, um, what impact generally has all of this had on long term targets? Well, we've seen it coming through in a couple of different ways. Those funding level improvements mean that long-term targets are getting closer. Um, the average time to long-term target is now down to 8.8 years, 9.4 years when we did the 2019 survey. So given all the disruption that we've had in the intervening period, it's very positive news. Uh, the average scheme is going to reach its long-term target with that progress by the end of the decade. And it's also worth noting that long-term targets are getting stronger. Um, for the first time in the series of Global Pension Risk Survey, we now have buyout as the most popular long-term target overtaking self-sufficiency. If you look back to, for example, the 2013 survey, self-sufficiency was more than three times as popular as buyout, um, whereas now you know, that's really reversed and we've got 47% of schemes aiming for buyout. And this is something I've seen on, uh, on my clients, uh, particularly at the larger end of the market, I work with a couple of multi-billion pound schemes who, if you went back five or more years, could only have been aiming for self-sufficiency. But the developments in the insurance market, the growth in capacity there has made buyout a more realistic target. And combined with the funding uh, level improvements, uh, they're now seeing that as a very viable uh, long-term destination for their pension scheme. Thanks, Alistair. And I'm sure the pensions regulator is going to be pleased with that progress on stronger, shorter, long-term targets. Matthew, you mentioned earlier that there's a broader range of risk covered in the survey. Can you expand a little on that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So I began to write a list of all the different risks that our respondents mentioned in the survey. And the headline starts with some very familiar risks like equity risk, interest rate risks, etc. Those are familiar risks to trustees and they've been working to manage those risks for a very long time. But what was interesting was the other risks that got mentioned, including things like longevity risk, governance risk, 
liquidity risk, but also cyber risk, for example. And this list just went on and on and on. So what became clear is that the list of risks that pension schemes are dealing with and managing has got longer than ever and that they're taking greater and greater steps to manage those risks. And just because that list is is getting longer, I don't think we need to miss out on those investment risks that you mentioned at the the top of that list, uh, Matthew. Uh, There'll be a separate podcast covering the key findings uh, in more detail, but I'd I'd just pull out um, hedge ratios um, have increased significantly between the 2019 and 2021 surveys. I think that's supported a lot of the improvements in funding positions that we've seen over the period. And ESG uh, is clearly heavily influencing uh, decision-making and driving uh, investment uh, decision-making. And this is really important because when we look at um, how schemes are planning to get to their long-term targets, 63% are still relying on additional asset performance. So actually achieving this and managing the risks associated with it is going to be key to helping plans get to their their long-term targets in due course. Thanks, Alistair. And you just mentioned ESG, and I'm sure climate change risk is going to be quite high up on your personal agenda of things you might be currently quite worried about with being sat on an island. Absolutely. So my final question to you both, what's the first thing going to be that you will do when you get back to dry land? For me, it's looking at my schemes data. Uh, I've got a lot of schemes aiming to get to buy out um, with the uh, competing with a lot of other schemes to get insurer attention. I think it's really important that schemes have got their data um, in good shape, not just for obvious projects like GMP equalization that they're tackling at the minute, but just general good quality data, making sure they understand what they've got, any benefit audits that they need to do so they're in the best possible place to approach the market in due course. And for me, Polly, I'm really concerned about cyber risk as it affects pension schemes. We asked in the survey about this and uh, quite dramatic finding that there had been more than a doubling of the number of schemes that had suffered from some sort of cyber incident since the last survey. Still at relatively low numbers, by the way, but uh, perhaps that might be a sign of things to come. Pension schemes, obviously, uh, big asset owners, lots of asset transactions taking place, which clearly is an area of risk, but also are host to significant numbers of member records with personal information on them. Again, that uh, presents a risk area for cyber. So I think that would be my key takeaway when I get back to dry land. Thanks, Matthew. You just mentioned cyber there, and that feels like a good point for me to remind our listeners that our other podcasts in this series, and cyber is one of them, as well as podcasts on some of the other risks that we've touched on today. So look out for more podcasts coming your way. Thanks both. That's been really interesting. It's made me want to take a copy of this survey to a desert island somewhere. For all of our listeners, there is a link you can click on in the show notes where you will be able to download the survey. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss any of this further, please contact your usual Aon consultant or any of us. Thanks and see you next time. 